Welcome to Mom Reel, the podcast about real encouragement, real stories, and real about motherhood. Welcome back to another episode of Mom Reel. I have been posting about this on socials and y'all have been DMing me. Y'all have been so excited about this one and this is going to be one for the books. I am sitting down with my midwife, Ashley Randolph. So excited to have her on to Mom Reel. Um, When I posted about different topics y'all wanted after just hearing different things that y'all wanted to hear about, um, posted two questions. First one was on postpartum periods. And then the second one was on just the difference between midwifery care versus like, you know, traditional OB care. And y'all were really big about wanting more information on midwifery. Some of y'all were like, I love my midwife and I want more people to know about it. And others were like, I'm just learning about this. What does this mean? You know, and, and just kind of unfolding that and wanted to learn more about it. Um, and so I'm so, so excited to sit down with her today. So Ashley, thank you so much for being here. Um, I'm going to kind of let you introduce yourself first and we'll just go from there. Yeah. Uh, my name's Ashley. I'm a midwife at uh, Dinah Health. Um, I've been a midwife for 10 years now. I live on a farm and have four kids. I have one boy that's 16 and three girls that are 10, six, and four. Um, and I'm super excited to talk to you, talk about mid- midwifery care and all the good things. Yes. So how did you get into midwifery? Like when you were in school, because I know you have a degree in midwifery, because y'all, she, like I said, she was my midwife and I, you know, went from Texas to, to here in Tennessee and had a great midwife in Texas, moved here to Tennessee and I was seeing somebody else and then didn't feel peace about it. And so I ended up tra- transferring to Ashley when I was 22 weeks or 23 weeks. I remember yeah. our first phone call. We like chatted yes. on the phone. I'm like, she's my people. Yes, I, I I asked to have a phone call before because I'm like, I don't I, I don't understand why people just like jump into that. Like my midwife in Texas had like a discovery call or whatever at the beginning that was basically like, hey, let's see if we'll vibe. Let's see if this is what you want, that sort of thing. And so it was so odd to me that like nowhere else like had that. Like it was just like, oh, here you, you know, pay for a whole visit which is, I understand paying for people's time, but it was just like, what if I don't, what if I don't mesh with them? Like, I rather just ask questions and know. And so I had a phone call with you. (laughs) We talked about it. We talked about it for a long time. It was good. I was like, I'm going to be kind of disappointed if she doesn't come now. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's just like, I, I felt so at peace. I remember telling Landry too, I was like, no, like I have such peace about this moving forward and and you know it was it was great so anyway yeah tell me about you know how you came to midwifery and and all those things so you know I actually as a child like as far back as I can remember we had this little like baby bed that was my sister's and I always pretended to be a baby nurse like that's all I ever wanted to do ever and so most kids wanted to like be an astronaut or be whatever I only wanted to take care of babies when I was in probably sixth grade, my sister had a really bad car wreck and had a closed head injury. And we were in Erlanger for months. She had to learn to walk again, talk again. So I got really fascinated by like head injuries. When I went to college, I went for nursing, thought that I was going to work in the NICU or labor and delivery. That was my plan. And so my freshman year, we had to volunteer and I went to UT and I was like, I want to snuggle babies. And she said, great. So did 280 other people. And I was like, oh, 
okay, I have to have these volunteer hours. And if you know much about me, I'm a procrastinator. So it was like down to the wire. And she said, well, what else do you like? And I said, I love trauma. Like I like head injuries. And so she's like, oh, great. There's a student nurse position if you want to get paid. And I was like, oh yeah, I want that. So I went to trauma. My first day there was a guy coding and his pregnant wife was watching it. And I was like, this is not like it's on TV. Um, this is not so, Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> no. So like I left crying. I called my mom. I was like, I'm never going back. And she was like, yeah, you are. And I was like, no, no, I'm not. And I did go back. And so I worked trauma for a long time. Wow. Um, and when I graduated, I was like, I'm going to go to the NICU now. Like now's the time. And they said, well, we don't, we're not taking any nurses with no experience. But if you stay in trauma, you'll get a sign-on bonus. And I was like, yeah, I'll stay. Um, I had my son and he was about a year old and there was a school shooting and I took care of the person that was injured and he was only 15. And I remember calling my husband and I was like, I do not want to raise our kids here. <laughs> like hmm. he said, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to go back home, moved back to Cookville, started working in the ICU because I tried for labor and delivery and they weren't hiring unexperienced nurses but they were opening a new ICU and they said, oh, you have all this experience, a relocation bonus. So I took it. And probably like a year later, my husband came home one day and it just been really heavy on my heart. And I started Google searching and the Lord just kind of led the way. Like I pulled up Google found frontier, which is a midwifery school. And my husband came home and I said, I think I'm going to apply for midwifery school. And he was like, okay. And I said, I don't think you know what I'm asking for. And he was like, if, if it's what you want to do, then do it. And so I applied, got accepted the first time, still worked in ICU, like never worked labor and delivery until I finished midwifery school. Wow. <laughs> I was training to be in a midwife. Um, and you know what? I'm, I'm thankful for that time I had, because when we have sick people, I'm like, oh, I, I know about these things. Like I'm, yes. I'm comfortable with these things. But yeah, I'm not your traditional like, oh, I worked labor and delivery for 10 years and decided I wanted to be a midwife. Like I had never checked a cervix before midwifery school. But you have a very holistic approach though, because like, I remember coming to you and like, my questions were like, what's your cesarean rate? What's your, like all these things. And you were like, okay, we're going to talk through this. Like, Let's do it. You were like, oh, you came with the questions. I was like, oh yeah. I, I'm like, yeah oh, you know what? I love the questions. I'm like, please come with the questions. Like make a little tab on your phone. That's like questions for Ashley. I do think it's important. And I think that's part of midwifery too, is just having that holistic approach because I think the needs of our patients sometimes are far greater than what we know. And if we don't have that trust with them, they're not going to tell us. They're not going to be able to say like, hey, I'm I'm worried about having enough food or, you know, we're having trouble with this or I'm really struggling with depression. You know, we just kind of miss out on those things. And so I think that the one of the main differences is that it's more like a whole body approach. And I'm a little crunchy. So, you know, I like having the the natural waste, like try this. If it doesn't work, yeah, there's probably another way we can do it, but yes. Well, you and I talked about that too, because my goal in before labor was to get my pick line out. And yes. so we were like, you know, it, each time I was going in and getting less, you know, Zofran, I was getting less fluid or fluid type, you know, things. And like, I was really trying to get off of it before 
um, labor. And I did, I did like two weeks before I had him, I got off of the pick line, but, um, you know, I remember you like me, I was coming in and I already had the pick line when I was seeing you. And I was like, yeah, I'm like really disappointed that I have to have this. Like it's Zofran and I've read all these things. And I remember you just being like, if this is what your baby needs and the Lord's giving you peace about it, then that's okay. And I was like, okay, I don't have to be a hundred percent crunchy all the time. Like, you no, know, no, you don't. And then, you know, I think that, that we live in a place where like modern medicine can be great. Sometimes there, there are days that I'm really thankful for all of those things. And then there's other times that it's like, you know what, we can, we're doing okay without it. And that's fine too, but it's nice to be flexible and bounce back and forth. Oh yes. Like I think my biggest thing in like researching what I wanted from a provider when it came to that was I wanted somebody who believed in me and my body and how it was created. Cause I think, I mean, I'm not, you know, a medical professional, so I can't hundred percent speak to this, but from what I've seen, what I've found is that a lot of you know, providers seem to be very like, oh, women's bodies are so fragile. You know, birth is something that's supposed to be traumatic on your body, all these things. And for me, and I even told you after this, like it was the most empowering things I've ever been through my entire life. And I did, I've not shared my full birth story on my podcast, but I've mentioned it before, but you know, I did no medication, no anything all natural. And it was one of the most powerful experiences. Like, I remember thinking like, I, excuse my language, I am a badass, you know, like I remember you thinking like, this is awesome. Day. Yeah. <laughs> you were like over the moon. I remember how excited you were. And you were like, I did this. And I was yes. like, I knew that you would. Yes. And not to say that the way that anybody else verses is wrong. I just think that there's so many, like I talked to one of my friends and uh, she ended up doing natural too. And I gave her like my birth affirmations and all this stuff. And she was like, you were one of the few people that was like telling me that I could do this. And I was like, you're telling me that your OB was saying that you couldn't do it. And she was like, well, she was just saying that like they made medicine for a reason. And why have the medicine if I, you know, don't, if I really don't, you know, want to feel the contractions or whatever. And I don't know. I feel like with midwifery care, it's more and you can speak to this more, I guess where I'm going with this is like, it's more empowering on the female body. If you want to like speak to that. <laughs> I do think so. But you know, I, and I think too, like having the birth that you want. And so I have some patients who are like, yes. I really want an epidural, but I want to feel, I still want to be empowered by that. Yes. Or people who have to have a cesarean and they, I feel like there's like such a stigma like cesarean's traumatic all the time but you know I have patients who that's their preference yeah and and for whatever reason they've been sexually abused or or they have to have a c-section and like I want that to be the best experience for them like I want them to still come out feeling like they were a total badass that day oh yeah um, and we talked about soft cesareans, you yes. and me, like, cause I was like, I want to cover all my bases in my birth plan. What? And you were like, have you heard of a soft cesarean? And I was like, no, what is that? And like, we talked through that. Yes. And I do love that our C-section mamas are going skin to skin and like, you know, our, we have the best nurse nurse anesthetist. And so they, one of them in particular, he's like, put that baby on her chest, like, we are pushing her back to her room with that baby on her chest. Mm -hmm. And so it's really a beautiful thing to watch happen. Um, and I think that, you know, midwives, 
are different. You know, I think sometimes people think like, oh, I can't have a midwife because I just want to go natural. But that's not true. You know, there are people who get an epidural and like, we're still taking care of those people. You don't, you don't have to be just natural. And also just because you have an epidural doesn't mean you're going to lay flat. We're going to flip you and flop you like a little rotisserie Mm -hmm. chicken at Walmart to try to help get that baby in a good position and get out. Um, And I still think like, it's important that there's just good communication and that they still feel like, you know what, that birth went really great and it was good. But I do think like going natural, there's this different, like you made it through war and you came out on, on top of the battle and it's the most euphoric thing that you're ever going to experience in your life. Yes. Well, and even like one of my friends, she prefers to go in full makeup on scheduled. She knows, and you know, she, and I, and that's totally fine. We, her and I talked about it and she's like, I just don't get why you would want to feel them if you have the option not to. And I'm like, and that's okay. You know, like we can have different. I mean, I love when people are like full makeup and they don't break a sweat. No, I was like snotty nose, sweat, bloodshot eyes. Oh yeah. I mean, I was like pretty postpartum pictures. Yeah, it was awful. I, looking back, I was like, first of all, I should have not worn, I wore that one of those gowns that like you match your baby, you know? And I was like, yeah, I'll just, you know, I'll wear this during labor and I shouldn't have worn it during labor. I should have worn it after. after. Yeah. Yeah. Tidbit. Wear it after. Tidbit. Tidbit for you. And uh, I remember telling Kaylin, my doula, which I'm also having a podcast episode with next. Um, Oh, I love her. But I remember telling her, I was like, I just, you know, the hospital floor and there's just so many different things about the hospital floor. Cause I still ended up having Liam at the hospital, not at home or a birth center or anything like that. And then by the end of labor, I was like laying on the cold floor and she was like, you do realize you're laying on the same floor. You didn't want to be barefoot on. And I was like, it's cold. I don't care. I know, you know, I really I really love our little birth unit and I know it's not huge, but I love that the nurses are like, cool, you want to go natural? Like, let's do this. And, um, there's just so supportive of things. And like, I train in bigger cities. Like they didn't have that there. It was kind of like run of the mill things. Well, and what are some other things that you think about differentiates, you know, OB like normal, I know you are in OB, but I mean like an, a normal OB care from midwifery. Cause I guess my experience, so I was midwife in Texas, moved here, um, ended up seeing a nurse practitioner, um, who I think is, is, is amazing. But for, for what I wanted, we didn't align, but doesn't mean she's not an amazing provider. Um, but for me, I felt like I, you know, the, the biggest thing was like feeling like I'm empowered in my body to do what it was created to do. And not to have somebody think, oh, well, if you have this issue arise, then we have to do this. Or, if you, you know, like I wanted somebody that knew my body, knew my limitations, knew that sort of thing. And then the second thing being like, I just felt like I had so much more one-on-one time with you. Like you, I never felt like, like the average woman, when she goes in to see her OB, uh, only sees them for approximately 10 minutes each visit 10 minutes yeah and I'm like that's insane and I never felt like that with you I always felt like when you came in that it was like I was like your only patient that day like you were talking to me you didn't care how long it took it was like this is what we're doing today so anyway those are just the things that I thought of and I'm not trying to take up your time or your answers but 
what are some things that you think of like, oh, hey, I can just rattle off. These are some differences. Yeah. So that I, I do think, I do think that the midwives usually take more time. And I think that we, as a group, which our doctors are pretty good too about knowing their patients, but for the most part, you know, around everywhere, I think that midwives probably spend more time and are more vested. Like, I'm like, look, I know my people, I know their partner's names, I know their baby's names. I can probably tell you part of their life story, but it's such an intimate time and like an intimate setting. And like, I want to know, like, I want to, I want to be able to know like what's going on in life and where you are. And I want us to still catch up later on and I don't want to get ditched after delivery, but I think, you know, other things for midwifery are that, um, like we talked more holistic approach, um, overall, and then lower intervention. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that the other thing is like, not all midwives are the same. Um, and I mean, there's like professional midwives, but even like nurse midwives, like we are, um, I love natural things. I love I'm a little bit different in my beliefs and like where I stand. And that doesn't mean that I don't support my patients that choose otherwise, you know, like I'm going to be supportive no matter what, but I think we each kind of have like our little niche, you know? And so some midwives, like there were midwives I used to work with that called themselves medwives. And so (laughs) they, they were like, everybody gets an epidural, everybody gets, you know, and that's just kind of how they practiced and what they believe. That's so weird to me because that is like the opposite of what I think of when I think midwife. (laughs) I know, I know. And you know what? They did not train at Frontier. (laughs) I feel like Frontier was such a great school because we had to learn, like we learned how to take care of newborns and because like we can take care of them up to 28 days and we had to learn like primary care and because it's geared towards more like remote areas Mm -hmm. where you could have to take care of those things um and I think that you probably don't get that other schools and like our school required 40 deliveries where other schools require 20 and you know just more more in how we were taught but also I think our experiences you know what you experience and kind of makes you who who you are like as a midwife um and then a lot of midwives some of them only do low risk patients so people who have no risk factors who are just totally normal births we're really fortunate that um, we can practice with high-risk patients. So if my patients have diabetes or twins or hypertension or preeclampsia, we still get to manage those patients because we have a really, really great team of backup doctors who are like, these are your people. We're going to collaborate with you, but like you can still be the one that's making the calls and the primary person. I love that. I think too, it's important for women to know like they're, their rights and their differences in this too because like I remember like going in and then being like hey we need to check you and I was like nope not gonna check me like I know I'm I'm this dilated I know I'm whatever and then it got to the point where they were like hey can we check you and I was like yes it's fine and I think I was checked I was checked once like an I mean 30 minutes to an hour after I got there and I was seven centimeters and then I was checked once again towards the very end when I was like nine and a half she told me I had a little lip and that was it and that's it that's all they checked me because I knew like in my because you weren't there unfortunately you weren't there and so um, which is fine you were somewhere you were with family you were with family so it's it ended up being okay but and Kaylin was there with me but I just remember thinking too like it was just so nice to have like those conversations beforehand to know, okay, this is what I can ask for. This is what I cannot. So also I feel like you, you know, gave so much more education 
than what I might've had in a previous. I mean, again, I don't have that experience all the way through, so I can't speak to it. Yeah. I think we do a lot more teaching and we're more like, okay, look at these birth plans. Like, let's go over it. What is it that you want? What is it that you don't want? Because it needs to be characterized to like individuals and not just like, oh, as a whole, this is how we're going to do it. Start to finish. Um, we don't get, so the midwives don't do vacuum deliveries and we don't do cesareans, but, um, I had a patient last week that had to go for a C-section and we kind of anticipated that that might happen, but we gave it a really good go. Um, and so we go with our patients. Like I don't count as a person. I got to hold her hand and love on her and take pictures and, you know, so it's not like we're abandoning them. Like, oh, once you turn it over to the doctors, we can still be there and do those things. I feel like it's more relational care. Like, I don't know. I think back, I guess I'm in my like homestead area where I like, I'm not in a homestead, but I want to be. And so I've been like researching all these things and just thinking back to like, even like colonial America where, you know, they would have one woman that would do, you know, mid that was basically a midwife that would go and be there. And then I was reading about a lot about doulas and postpartum doulas and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is stuff that's been around for so long that we just, for some reason, got rid of. (laughs) Yeah. I think that, you know, in midwifery school, they were like, you know, midwifery care has been around forever. Actually in Exodus, it talks about the midwives, like we're going way back. Um, And then there was like this shift towards obstetrics and the midwives kind of got shunned away. And so it's been really neat to see it kind of pick back up. And there are so many midwives, still not enough, but it's nice because it's such a small, like little, in the grand scheme of things, it's still a small little group of people. And so they'll be like, oh yeah, I'm going to see, I'm moving to Florida. And I'm like, oh, hey, I know somebody there. Let me point you in the right direction. Well, that's how I found you because my cousin is a nurse and I was like, Hey, I need midwives in the area. And she was like, let me send you a list. And like, you were on there and, uh, that's how I found you was, was that not through Google reviews or something. I don't know. I had a patient one time that was like, I found you from a Google review. And I was like, Oh, I haven't seen those. You're like, Oh goodness. Actually, Kaylin, my doula, I found her through um, my mom sold a house to a girl that used Kaylin. And then when I was looking for a doula, my mom was like, hey, I think I just sold a house to a client that used doula. Let me ask who she used. And that like, that's how I found Kaylin. So it was like such a small world with that too. So it'd be so interesting now that I'm talking about it to do an episode with both you and Kaylin to talk about how like midwives and doulas work together oh because I love working with Kaylin yeah that's good stuff we love working together it was such a good I feel like my whole birth was different one of my other friends wanted to go natural with her baby and she was like what did you do and I was like well I saw a doula like she gave me exercises like I did stuff yeah. for weeks leading up like we had schedules I had oils yeah, I was girl, taking you spinning babies and then oh, all yeah. the things that I give you the whole list of things I'm like I need you to do this this and this and yes I mean you were do- telling me the same stuff as Kaylin and then Kaylin was basically just making sure I did everything too and just all those things but it's like I-, I think that was so helpful too because it was you helping me get to the birth that I wanted like I felt like you never had a strong opinion if that makes sense like I don't usually yeah 
I, I don't know how to explain that, but at least from my point of view, and, and even my midwife in Texas, like she was like, what is your desired birth outcome? Like, let's just go ahead and talk about it so that if things come up and arise, then we can talk about, okay, well, how would you want to handle that? Or, you know, if, if you had to have a C-section, let's talk about that. Like I said, you were the one who brought up, have you ever heard of a soft C-section? Cause I walked in with my birth plan and I did not have anything about a cesarean in there. And you were like, okay, we may need to pay for that just in case. And I remember being like, oh crap. And you're like, have you ever heard of a soft C-section? I was like, a what? Yeah, we love the gentle ones. But you know what? I just wanted you to be like, how terrible would it be if I didn't say like, hey, oh, yeah. well, in a case of C-section, like what what are your wishes? Because we don't want it to be emergent. And then like you're put on the spot and you're like, I don't know what I want. Yes, yes. I think that was such a good thing too. And just in general, I, I feel like, having a midwife has somebody in your corner like that's as as boiled down to it as I can get is like somebody that's in your corner and believes that you can do that that you can do this you know I mean aside from your partner because like even if I didn't have Landry there like I knew that you knew because even in my in my birth plan I had me you know Ashley has to also decide that I can do yeah like these things Cause I didn't want to get down to the end of it and be like, I can't do it anymore. And you'd be like, no, I know your body. I know like you can do this too. And so I had it in there. Like, okay, if I was going to get an epidural, like both (laughs) me and you had to be like, okay, it's time. You know, I would have been like, no girl, you got so close. We're so close. I mean, unless I really felt like, okay, we're not getting it, but you know, there are people that are like, I really, I really want it. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, you not. don't. We're almost there. We got this. And I think that's so important too, just having somebody that, like I said before, just believes in you, believes in you being there and and having that. So again, I can't speak to like the difference between like the normal OBs versus midwifery, but I think so, I think people think, oh, midwifery is just if I want to birth at home or it's yeah. just if I'm anti-meds or it's just if this and that. And it's like, no, like, there's so much more to midwifery care than just, you know, having a baby on a farm that you see in like the, you know, like, I mean, there's that, but there's also like, I had Liam in a hospital, but I still had to use my midwife and you practice and deliver in hospitals, but you also were at a birth center before too. So like, there's just so many different levels. Yeah. And it's like, I just don't, you know, in the hospital, even though a lot of people are like, oh, you have to be on the monitor the whole time. And, and you know, some people do, but for the most part, I'm just like, no, no, we, you know, we can kind of figure out like, do we have, do we have to do mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z? Um, which is good. I think the other like common misconception is that you can only see us for pregnancy. Like people are like, oh, I can't see a midwife. I'm not pregnant. And I was like, but you can, mm-hmm. we can do all the things. I have my one-year appointment, so I'm coming up, actually. Yeah, I could just squeeze you. Exactly. So I'll be there. It'll be great. Yeah. So I do, and I do love that. I love that I'm able to, like, continue. Whereas, you know, people who do home births, they're not getting to do, like, annual exams or mm-hmm. conception visits or um, problem visits. And, like, it's nice to, like, keep up with your people and yes, kind of know where they are and what's going on how their babies are. Oh my gosh. I know. I think it's like having that relationship continued is so important. Like postpartum care is, and I know I've talked to you about this, like 
postpartum care is so much more than just those last six weeks. Like it's more than that. It's, it's continually, you know, checking in and having that. And like Kaylin, I had her not just as my doula, but I hired her as my lactation consultant too. So she even came up to my uh, home at the time we were living in Asheville um, two or three times in between those first 12 weeks and was like, Hey, do you have any questions for me? Or do you just want me to be here? Like, you know, and I remember thinking like, cause I did not hire her as a postpartum doula, just as that portion, but she, you know, really got into that too. And I remember her just being so strong of like, if you think of anything, you need to reach out to Ashley. If you have anything like, and she's like, even if you don't, if you just feel like you need another visit, She's like, Ashley's there. It's okay. Like you don't just have to stop at six weeks. (laughs) And I I think, you know, another thing that we've been doing now is our postpartum patients get like a phone call within 48 hours and then they're getting a two week postpartum visit and then a six week postpartum visit. And the two weeks usually telehealth because who wants to get out again with a new baby? Yeah. Um, But just being able to check in and, and sometimes we need to check in more than a couple of times and that's totally fine. You know, I think that just being supported and like having the resources that you need and knowing where to find them, whether it's a doula or lactation consultant or, you know, somebody to assess for lip and tongue tie or revisions and. Mm -hmm. Well, and we went to Liam, we went to a chiropractor and, um, because our pediatrician was like, oh, Liam has a, he had an upper lip tie. And I was like, I really don't want to do surgery, really don't want to do that. And so she suggested a uh, a chiropractor and we went like, and she had him on a schedule and all this stuff. And we didn't end up needing to do surgery and he's great and he's fine. But um, anyway, I, that's like getting off on a tangent. I love that y'all have that now, just the 48 hours, the two, the six weeks. And then if you need another one, then you can have you know, other one, or like you were just talking to me about how Diana health now has mental health professionals on staff, social workers on staff. So y'all are even growing that to adapt to what I feel like the needs are of women in today's society, I guess. (laughs) And, you know, the, one of our mental health providers is a midwife. And so like, I went back to school after midwifery school to do my, my post-master's in mental health, because I thought for a short time that I might not continue being a midwife. And then I like, got back in the groove and was like I can't not do this <laughs> um so I love being able to do like some mental health things but really that's my heart's still just in where I am but one of our mental health professionals is a midwife the other is a nurse practitioner um who does women's health but is going to also do um like some days of just mental health yeah. whether they're postpartum pregnant not um and then we have our dietitian who's great to just help with anything nutrition related. So I love having them at our disposal. That is so nice. And like, I mean, like we've been saying this whole time, midwifery is a very, like, I'm there for you. I'm in your corner. And so to me, that also means having access to all those different things, the lactation consultant, the, you know, you being able to say like, here's all these other resources that are available to you. But um, I could sit here and talk to you for so much longer, but I know no, we have to like, close down the episode. And I still, I, I would love to have you on another time to talk about postpartum periods. Cause I know I wasn't the only one. People did vote for it. It just didn't win. So yeah, listen, we'll, we'll have, have to have I to have you on. love my time with you. So you, you know, we'll have to talk to chat again. Yes, absolutely. But if you can leave women with like one piece of advice, whether like related to midwifery or just like their body or pregnancy or anything you want, anything, what would it be? 
Um, I think there's a lot of things, but I think the first thing that comes to mind is um, just to make sure that you advocate for yourself. Like if you feel like something's not right and you, you know your body better than we do, and if you really think that something's not right, pregnant, not pregnant, you need to have a trusting relationship with your provider and you need to be able to say like, there's something not right and be heard. And if you feel like you're not heard, then you need to go somewhere else. Yes. I know this is not a video podcast, but I'm sitting here y'all and I'm like nodding my head and moving my entire <laughs> body back and forth because I heavily, that's how I got to Ashley was advocating for myself and, you know, wanting what I wanted and what I knew I wanted for my birth experience. So I think that's great advice. Thank you so much, Ashley, for taking the time and being here aside from, you know, wedding festives and kiddos and all the things. So I so appreciate it. From upstairs because my kids are running crazy. Sorry. Well, oh, I can't even hear it. So it's totally fine. They're really loud. Well, you know, it happens. Well, y'all, we will uh, see you next time on Mom Round. I do believe the next episode coming out is the one with my doula, Kaylin. Um, it might be with my friend Quinn to talk about cycle syncing and um, fitness, getting back into movement after postpartum, still trying to decide on schedules. Um, obviously, y'all know we keep it real on Mom Reel and, and everybody that I have on here is a mom too. And so our schedules are all up in the air, but um, I'll post about it. So definitely follow me on Instagram, um, uh, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you're listening to it, Apple Spotify, give it a rating, share it with friends, and I will see y'all in the next episode.